Hello there, Tom Clarkson here. We're into the final sector, just 10 days to go. If you've been with us since day one or you're only just joining us for the first time, welcome everybody. It's great to have you with us. We're counting down to the new series of F1 Beyond the Grid, which starts on Wednesday the 28th of February. And we're choosing some of the best bits from our previous six seasons. For day 20, I've chosen someone who with a name like his was always destined to be a racer. After being discovered by Red Bull as America's next star, Scott Speed drove for Toro Rosso in 2006 and 2007. He had natural talent and raw pace, but in his own words, he had a bad attitude, which meant he lasted just 18 months in Formula One. Oh gosh, how young I was and uneducated, massive ego. I just look back at a silly kid. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. I obviously had a lot of ability. I was very good at driving that type of vehicle. I don't think I was at the level of like your Rossbergs or your Lewis. From my generation, those guys were special. Obviously, Lewis still is because he's still competing with this next generation of, of driver, which is remarkable. Um, it's really insane. But I didn't have a good why. You know, my reason for doing that was just I wanted to see how good I was. I didn't have a good mental model. I certainly didn't have a good mindset. I was put into some incredibly great environments by Red Bull to help me succeed and help me develop because when I left America and went over there, I didn't, ha I didn't have the ability to do it. But they did a great job of placing me with good teams up the ladder where I could learn. Even though I didn't realize I was learning, I just thought that if I was fast, it was because the car was good. And if we were slow, well, the car was crap. <laughs> you know, I had no responsibility for any of that. I honestly just thought that as a racing driver, you could either, you were either fast or you weren't, which is pretty silly. <laughs> but at the time, that was my perspective. And, you know, so for me, it was more like, well, how far can I go in motor racing? And once I kind of saw where that was, I realized, you know, I'm a pretty decent F1 driver. I can compete with these guys. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, if I change teams, I could run over here and I could run in this position. I'd kind of mapped it all out. And then when I realized that I was checked out, I didn't have the drive to keep getting better. I didn't have the drive to keep pushing myself, you know, without that proper motivation, it ended the way it did. I wasn't the guy that was going to take a team and, and make everything better. Spiker flies off the racetrack, Adrian Sotillo, is that Hamilton? It is Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton on lap three has gone off. They're aquaplaning now, there's so much water, the intermediates, here comes another one, and this is going to get nasty, they're going to have to put the safety car out. What they're doing now is just aquaplaning off the racetrack, the intermediates will not clear sufficient amounts of water, and the rest of them are all deep in the gravel trap, and there'll be more in there yet, unless they slow down. But it's crawling pace you need, otherwise you're in a canoe you're not in a formula one car the european grand prix nurburgring 2007 completely chaotic race uh, it was raining everyone was spinning out marcus winkelhot was leading the race at one point i remember in the spiker i mean it was your last race in formula one when were you told that it was your last race obviously it got heated with friends just what what can you tell us about what happened what a great last race, honestly. So our car, as was proven by Fettel later in the year, was extremely good in the wet. I remember in practice in Monaco for free practice one, I was P1 on the board at some point in the rain. Our car, it just, for whatever reason, it was really fast in the rain. And so when it started raining, I was like, all right, this is gonna be great for us. We started like 
really far back on the grid. We're like 18th and 19th. I think I came to the pits like 11th. I'd passed like seven cars on my way, but they had the wrong tires in the pit box. And so when they changed my tires, they, had to, they put Tonio's on, then they had to take Tonio's off. And it basically cost us all like a ton of time. The race was over really from that point. Next lap coming down the front straightaway, there's so much water had come down. And you guys know, that's a really downhill corner. When I went to the brakes, it's hydroplaned. I didn't even come close to me. I went by the apex going like 150 miles an hour. <laughs> like there's no way I'm making it. It's like crashing the wall. And, and as you saw, like all these cars, Lewis crashed there. I think Button was in the wall there. Everybody started crashing there. I just remember thinking like that was super fun. Like I know we didn't get a result, but like I passed a lot of cars. I mean, you know, I remember passing Ralph Schumacher like on the outside and one of these corners in the way. And it was just, it was so cool to feel like I had a fast car and I was making moves, you know, and it was just, I had, I had such a great experience and I came in and, and France was super pissed. I was just too happy about what happened. And he, he had asked like, what happened in turn one? And I said, well, the same thing that happened to everybody else down there, a hydroplane off the track. Like, what do you mean? What happened? There's seven cars sitting out there. Um, and he says, no, not everybody, just the wankers. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I told him to F off. And I just walked around and totally dismissed him. And he came and he came chasing after me and uh, he let me know how displeased he was. And to be fair, like I probably would have acted the same way. Like I obviously showed him like zero respect, <laughs> you know, um, I was just this young, cocky, arrogant kid. And I finally found the limit of France's patience <laughs> is what I like to think now. You know, I finally broke him. But that was after like a long period of dealing with that, you know, from me. Um, I think I was at home, maybe waiting to go to like the next race. And they called and said, no, they're going to put Federal in the car. I was like, sweet. I thought, awesome. Because at that point, Federal was like the golden child. I'm like, great. Let's see him get in that thing and see what he does. And so I remember watching by the computer as they're at the Hungaro ring. And sure enough, Federal qualifies 19th. I don't remember where he raced, but it wasn't, it wasn't amazing at all. And then, and then, then I knew for sure. I was like, okay, great. I can pack my, I can go wherever I want. I know that I'm elite. I know I'm one of the best, you know, the race and open wheel car in the world. And if I, maybe I'm not the best, but like for me, I was so far beyond what I thought as a kid that I would ever achieve. I was super happy. And then came the opportunities, you know, the meetings with um, Williams and other opportunities to race other stuff. But ultimately when I met with Didi Mataschitz soon after, he basically gave me carte blanche to like, look, um, obviously the car is not very good. Where do you want to go? Like, I can't give you the F1 seat now, but if you want to be a reserve driver at the big team, we can do that. Or like, what do you want to do? And I said, man, I want to go home. Like, can we race NASCAR? And he was like fully supportive. And he's like, yes, definitely take your stuff, go back home, meet with Gunther Steiner, come up with a plan and go race NASCAR. And I said, Thank you. <laughs> and I started a, a really humbling journey and the, the dissolution of the Sky Speed ego began uh, at that moment. <laughs> Was he brave or stupid to tell Franz Toss where to go? Oh, to be a fly on the wall when that happens. Scott gave a very honest assessment of why his Formula One career ended so quickly. You can imagine how easy it is for an F1 driver to become cocky. The fame, the money, the glamorous lifestyle, traveling around the world, the fast nature of the sport. Especially all at such a young age, it must be very hard not to let it go to your head. But that's what distinguishes the great, 
from the good. Still being able to focus fully on your goals despite all the distractions and temptations. Scott's a great laugh though, and he shares some brilliant stories in our chat, including how he's actually using his experiences to help younger drivers avoid making the same mistakes that he made. The link to the full episode is in the description, so do give it a listen. And I'll be back tomorrow for a nice Sunday stroll. Speak to you then. Keep up with the latest F1 action on F1 Nation. A superb finish to the line! Race previews, post-race insights, and exclusive interviews from the heart of the F1 paddock. Magnificent team effort all round. Huge win for us today. And We're pushing at uh, the limit. We must have just got something wrong. Oscar, can we just grab you on the way out? A very, very cool day. It's been a weekend to remember. You'll hear from the drivers, team principals, engineers, and F1 experts from around the world. Really, really nice to feel that atmosphere there in the garage. Having the two of them in the points, quite impressive. Those next few positions are worth millions of dollars. The combination is unbeatable. New episodes every Monday. Search your podcast app for F1 Nations.